0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, November 4th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Western Plant Health pops open DPR. More concerns on vax mandate and Democrats rule divide. DPR has shop talk with crop protection companies. The Western Plant Health Association launched its annual regulatory conference yesterday with a keynote address from Julie Henderson, the acting director of the Department of Pesticide Regulation. Afterward, five staff scientists walked through every stage of the pesticide registration process. They also touched on a proposed pesticide notification system and upcoming regulations for neonicotinoids and 1-3-D, stressing the importance of engaging with stakeholders like association members. Henderson was eager to talk about a new executive level position for environmental justice and equity, which adds to an existing liaison in this role. Advancing equity is a key priority for the governor. It's a priority for the Cal EPA secretary, for me and others in the department, said Henderson. We want to make sure that we have sufficient resources to be able to focus on communities that have been disproportionately burdened by multiple sources of pollution over many years. Western growers raise concerns over Biden's vax mandate. Western growers appealing to the Biden administration for some flexibility in its vaccine mandate for businesses with over 100 employees. And a letter to the Labor Department at USDA, WG President and CEO Dave Puglia said employers should not be enforcement agents for the federal government. We strongly believe every individual has the right to choose whether and when to be vaccinated, said Puglia. Private employers have the right to mandate that their employees be vaccinated. But he argued a mandate is beyond OSHA's purview. House Ag tackles crisis in trucking at ports. Multiple breakdowns in how goods are transported across the country and around the globe are worsening crisis in a food and agriculture sector that's already bleeding profits and customers. That according to witnesses at a House hearing yesterday. Trucking companies are short, tens of thousands of drivers, and port congestion is hurting ag sector customers even as the cost of getting commodities to their destinations continues to rise. Those are some of the messages delivered by witnesses before the House Agriculture Committee to lawmakers who widely acknowledge the gravity of the situation. We need to sound the alarm because I think we're actually in a crisis when I look at all aspects of this, said Representative Glenn G.T. Thompson of Pennsylvania, the top Republican on the panel. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Republicans cut the truck driving age. Angst is growing on Capitol Hill over the shortage of truck drivers of the U.S., and that concern has prompted 11 Republican senators to ask the Biden administration to lower the minimum age from 21 to 18 to get a commercial trucking license. If left unaddressed, inaction to grow America's pool of truck drivers threatens to drive up shipping expenses, prolong delays, and burden already strained consumers with additional costs, the senators say in a letter to the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. EPA, USDA, and wildlife agencies focusing again on pesticides. Federal agencies, including the EPA, USDA, and Fish and Wildlife Service, are looking at how to mitigate the impacts of pesticides on federally endangered species. The agencies report that they met recently as part of a working group mandated by the 2018 Farm Bill. They agreed to start considering pesticide mitigation measures early in the interagency consultation process required by the Endangered Species Act. Now take note, the Trump administration started to institute changes to the process, but the protracted ESA consultation process for pesticides will allow time for the Biden administration to craft its own solutions. The reactions are mixed. Lori Ann Bird of the Center for Biological Diversity said the agencies have spent a decade, quote, tinkering with refinements to their processes but have yet to demonstrate meaningful progress on ESA compliance or implement on-the-ground protections for the species they know are right now jeopardized by pesticides. CropLife America, that represents the pesticide industry, said, quote, We strongly support this effort and look forward to working with other stakeholders to find improvements to the process. John Deere employees reject deal. Extend the strike. A strike at one of the nation's largest equipment manufacturers will continue after employees rejected a deal reached over the weekend. According to a brief statement from the United Automobile, Aerospace, and Agricultural Implement Workers of America, workers at John Deere facilities voted 55% to 45% against a new contract Tuesday night. The deal would have covered employees at a dozen manufacturing facilities for six years. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Election results, Royal Democrat spending plans. This week's election results are raising questions about the future of President Biden's legislative agenda and putting a new focus on the struggles Democrats are having in rural America. In Virginia, GOP Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin did especially well in rural areas on Tuesday, winning well over 80 percent of the vote in many southwestern counties. Democratic Senator Mark Warner, a former Virginia governor, told reporters Democrats cannot win in his state if they, quote, can't crack 20% in rural areas. Chris Gibbs, an Ohio farmer who heads a pro-Democrat group called Rural Voices USA, says the election results show a disconnect between D.C. and rural America. The divide is evident in one-sided election results in rural counties that are increasingly frustrated they are not being heard and that lawmakers are not delivering on their priorities, he says. Meanwhile, Democratic leaders insist they are moving forward with President Biden's package of social spending and climate measures, despite the party's poor showing Tuesday. In fact, House Democrats are adding some provisions to the scale-back-build-back-better bill that they introduced last week. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, the Maryland Democrat, told reporters that Democrats have, quote, a very good agenda that is going to be very appealing to the American people. A new version of the build-back-better includes paid family leave and would raise the cap on state and local tax deductions from $10,000 to $72,500. USDA nominee, okayed. The Senate has confirmed Adrian Wojciechowski to be USDA's Assistant Secretary of Congressional Relations. She's worked with the Senate for the last 14 years, most recently as an aide to the Senate Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee. Her nomination was approved on a voice vote. Well, here's today's He Said It. She really is the gold standard for environmental vision and environmental enforcement. That special presidential envoy for climate, John Kerry, at the U.N. Climate Conference as he saluted former California Air Resources Board Chair Mary Nichols, also in attendance. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, November 4th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.